0: Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Uncensored with Ed Young. For more leadership handles, follow Ed on social media and check out edyoung.com. We also want to invite you to join us every weekend at Fellowship Church. Visit one of our many locations or even join us online. For locations and experience times, visit fellowshipchurch.com. And now it's time for the raw and real. This is Leadership Uncensored. I grew up in a pastor's home and I really enjoyed being a pastor's kid. I got into playing sports because I think Dad enjoyed sports so much. He enjoyed just competition. And so my brother and I would would play a lot. And I began to play basketball. And I was pretty good at it, did well in, in high school. So after high school, well, really during high school, I was offered a scholarship, the full scholarship to, to play basketball at Florida State University. As I look back on that, it was a defining moment in my life because on one hand, I'd grown up in a pastor's home. I'd grown up being a part of the church. I'd lived the life, I'd become a follower of Christ as a young guy. But due to basketball, even in grade school, junior high and high school, I was thrust into a very rough, ungodly environment. Our public schools were were really, really tough growing up. So I remember even feeling a little bit ostracized even back in the day because I didn't Go to the parties. I didn't, you know, do what a lot of people did. I was not promiscuous because I knew there was a greater purpose. So, you know, I, I, uh, I just tried before God to live the life in junior high and high school. Well, went to Florida State, and I show up. I'm a thousand miles away from home, and uh, I. I love my time at Florida State, but it was a giant transition to to move from you know my 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 family of origin. you know I thought I knew a lot about the world. It was a big transition to move from that cocoon of comfort into um Tallahassee, where you know we're talking Florida we're talking. Um, you know, partying, we're talking drugs and sex and rock and roll and everything you, you can think about. And, and, uh, so, so I show up there and I'm the only Christian on our team, the only one. And then, uh, uh, I, I, I lived in a dorm, this giant dorm, uh, 500, uh, people lived there, and and our our, our basketball coach had it set up to where basketball players lived in the dorm too. We had our own rooms, and it was really a cool dorm. We had maid service, and all you know. But but this but this dorm to show you at Florida State, it was a privately owned dorm. Had a full bar. On in the uh, in the basement, so you know you would come home from class, and here I am as a freshman, and. Over the loudspeaker, it's Margarita Night in the Florida State Room, and you know everybody would come down there and do do what they do what they did. So, uh, I started going to a church there uh, early on, and, and definitely felt you know here you are in college. Definitely felt uh, times of loneliness. Thankfully, though, my coach was able to get Lisa in, who's now my wife, into Florida State as well. So. Uh, Lisa was such a great foundation, a great support, a great encouragement, such a great Christian during those days. But uh, I, I went to a church, and I was at a Bible study one Wednesday night, and the college pastor said, have you ever talked to someone? really seriously about their relationship with Christ. I mean, who, who was the last person, you know, that you led to Jesus? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm not really, I mean, here I've lived the life and all that, but I've not really, I've not really done that. I, I've never really, you know, you know, got involved in that. So he just challenged us to, to pray a prayer. God, people are in my life who don't know you and, 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 and just when doors are open, give me the opportunity to walk through. So after that Bible study, went back to this dorm, knelt down in my room, rested my elbows on an air conditioning unit, looked out over a darkened parking lot. And I said, God, you placed all of these, these, these hellions around me and, uh, you know, just give me an opportunity to talk to them, and I'm thinking to myself after I prayed it, wow, I don't see anything happening because these people were just, you know, in another world. The next morning after I prayed that prayer, I was walking across our campus, sun was shining, it was springtime, and I was walking with one of of our players, one of my teammates, who had gotten kicked out of a ACC school because of drugs and stealing and all that. And, and of course we picked him up. That was kind of our vibe. We would pick up great talent who maybe, um, maybe had some, um, issues in other schools. So we would pick up people at Florida state that most schools would stay away from. And, and, uh, anyway, I was walking to class with him and I, I'd gotten to know him and, and, you know, just by playing ball with him and around the dorm. And so as we we're walking to class, this guy turned and looked at me and he said, Hey, Ed, I've been watching you. I'm thinking to myself, what? He said, man, I've been watching how you live your life. He said, I, I, I want what you have. And I was blown away. I'm thinking like, God, I just prayed that prayer. Maybe, I don't know, 12 hours ago, 14 hours ago. And now this guy's asking me what I have. Well, the backstory to it was, and this is why the story in my life has been so powerful. I uh, went out of town um, several weeks earlier, uh, and, and, and uh, he, he stayed in my dorm room for a reason, and what I didn't know was he had gone through my prayer journal, and he had read all of these prayers I would prayed, and I didn't even know that at the time, So, again, that's just the providence of God, you know. Anyway, I'd have been mad. I mean, that's just like, come on, man. Anyway, so he said, I want what you've got. And uh, I thought, wow. So I just started sharing with him a little bit. And through my stutterings and stumblings and fumblings, uh, I was able to, several hours later, lead him into a relationship with Christ. So he got down on his knees, you know, with tears. He gave his life to Christ. And here was a guy, you know, that was um, involved in drugs and all sorts of uh, stuff, stealing. And he began to tell me the stuff that he'd taken from people, broken in homes and everything. And and it was just a – it was an amazing – Amazing transformation in his life, but you know one of the things about it um, was that you know I I I I didn't really have a church that he could attend that he could really connect with. You know the church I was going to I understood it. I got it because I'd been going there you know, for a long time. But I began to see church when I would take him with me through his eyes. And so I always thought to myself, even back in the day at Florida State, if I ever had an opportunity to, to lead in a church, it would be a church where someone like this guy could show up and understand. And that, that really marked me because that was the first time I ever had the opportunity to to lead someone to Christ and you know once you have that chance once you have that opportunity I don't think your life will ever 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 be the same I don't think you'll ever see church the same I don't think you'll ever pray the same I don't think you'll ever read the Bible the same that that really 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 marked me and I don't know. That just kind of became the foundation in a lot of ways for fellowship. Um, Fellowship Church, you know, we're a Bible teaching church. We're under the authority of the Bible, God's Word, but we're a church of the chairs. You know, we have three chairs. Everything we do. Someone asked me the other day about Fellowship Church. They're 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 not even a believer. They're like, how do you? how do you um, communicate to different people? And I told them chair one would be those who were without God. We think about those. Chair two would be those whose faith is fresh. And chair three would be those who were full court followers of Christ. There's no doubt about it. No question about it. The most difficult chair is chair one. Chair two and three are um, are challenging but they're not like chair one because once you become a chair one church, everyone wants to reach people, you know, until you start reaching people. And everyone says they want to reach people. Everyone says that we're about reaching people, but, you know, you have to ask yourself every day, who are you reaching, you know? And if I'm not doing that in my life as a Christian, I'm not doing I'm I'm not I'm not living out one of the main reasons that I'm alive. If I'm not doing that, I'm not living the life that Jesus wants. Even yesterday, there's a guy that I know that I um lift weights with. He is a skeptic, even anti-Christian. He's a guy that um I've really grown to love. I pray for him every day, but he's he's uh, he's almost between a skeptic and a cynic. I would rather have someone be a skeptic than a cynic, and I don't I don't want him to go into the cynic realm. A cynic would be someone like Bill Maher. He, Bill Bill's not a skeptic. He's 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 a cynic. I hope he becomes a skeptic. But anyway, um, you know, I pray for him and talk to him and even even yesterday, you know, we uh, took about an hour and a half and uh, I took him fishing at a little lake around here. You know, if I'm not having that contact, those one-on-one conversations with people who don't know Christ, then I'm not preaching the way I should preach, pray the way I'm praying. I'm not studying the Bible the way I study it. And that's one of the things that I really have to work on, I really have to be intentional about, even as a pastor, because as a pastor, you can get so involved in the business of church that God doesn't do business in your life anymore. So we need to constantly have, have those 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 stories. And again, the desire is there, I believe, in in most Christians' lives. But as far as um, applying it, uh, I don't. I don't think we're doing a very good job of it. I think most church growth, even today, is uh, transfer growth. It's just moving the herds of sheeple around from place to place to place. And when you you know move herds of sheeple, you know some people are going to become Christ followers, but more often than not. They're not. And evangelism is an arduous process. It's not something where you grow from zero to 5,000 in two years. And, you know, whenever you hear someone say this church has grown by thousands, it's not, it's not conversion growth. I don't care what anybody says, it's not. It is biological Christian culture growth. That's great to move people from other churches to your church. And many times they'll invite their friends and they'll hear the gospel, but don't don't allow those numbers to to mess you up or to keep you from understanding the, the task that's before us because Jesus has called us to fish and fishing takes patience. So press the clock forward in my life, we were able to, to come up here and start Fellowship Church, help start it with uh, you know, about 30 families. And from the get-go, we thought about the guy that I had the opportunity to lead to Christ at Florida State. Would he get it? Would he understand it? And that is the most difficult thing to do in church life because to really be evangelistic, you've got to be out, you've got to think outside of yourself. You've got to think about the other person. And I'm so self centered. So are, so, I mean, everyone's self centered. We have a hard time doing that. But the moment we began to pray those high risk prayers, And the moment we begin to engage and share our faith, I'm telling you, your life, your church will never, ever, 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 ever be the same. And you know, the thing about it is if you read studies and and just look at the research, the longer someone becomes a Christian, the less non-Christian friends they have which is really pathetic because, on one hand, we should have more Christian friends, yeah. But because we're doing what Jesus wants us to do, we should have a lot of people who are not believers. Yet, you know, we've just kind of checked out because we think, okay, I've got to insulate and isolate myself, you know, wear the Christian T-shirt, the Christian coffee mug, and listen to Christian music and go on Christian Cruises when we get older, and and if the toilet gets clogged, we call a Christian plumber. Well, that's fine and dandy, but we're called to be salt and light and leaven. And you know, life is too short not to fish for for people who who are far away from God. And once this once this reality is lived out in our lives, you know, our lives are never, ever, ever, ever the same. It's, it's, it's like when we invite someone over to our home. Recently, we had a party at our house, and when we, when we had this party, we thought about the likes and dislikes of our guests, and we even found out before the party, what type of food, what type of vibe, et cetera. Dress code, blah, blah, blah. And as we were, as we were having this party, as we were eating, you know, if, if I launched into a story, I would try to bring everyone up to context who didn't know what in the world I was talking about. And that's just being a good host. So as a believer, especially in the church world, We need to constantly think about that uh, from, from, from everything that we do. But here's the deal. We still, you know, we still serve the food. So I just want to ask you, how many people in your life do you have walking beside you who don't know the Lord? How many people in your life are you praying for or are you praying at all? To share with someone, and then, how about the church you attend or the church you lead? Is it a church where someone can get it? They can really understand what's going on. Man, those are those are uh, those are towering, towering questions. I want to lead you right now as we conclude this with a high-risk prayer that I pray, and I want to encourage you to pray this prayer as well for people in your lives. Father, you have people around us every day, and you want a beautiful collision to take place. The person at the coffee shop, the gym, the golf course, the neighbor, the dorm, the sorority, the fraternity. I don't know their names, but you do. Yet you, God, in your providence, in your grace, you place us in strategic positions. So open doors and give us the opportunity to walk through those doors and to say what you want us to say. I pray that our lives, when these people come to know you, will never, ever, ever be the same, because I know they want, in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to Leadership Uncensored. Check back the 1st and 15th of every month for a brand new episode. And for more from Ed Young, visit edyoung.com and follow him on social media. If you're looking for a church, we hope to see you at Fellowship Church this weekend. Whether you live in the area of one of our locations or you join us online, simply visit fellowshipchurch.com for locations and experience times. This was Leadership Uncensored.